You're listening to And So I Followed, an alternative religion podcast. Season 2, Episode 1, Chris Freeman. So, I guess we've been away for about four or five months now. Um, so, I guess, first and foremost, you know, welcome back. Thanks if you listen to the ones at the beginning of the year and then returning back to these ones, I guess, just to give you an explanation on, on why they've been so delayed. There was, um, truth be told, I, I've had a lot of stuff on, if I'm honest with you. Um, been struggling around that period as well with some particular sort of mental issues, which I felt needed more um, focus on um, so the podcast kind of went on the back burner a little bit it wasn't that I stopped enjoying doing it I just think I needed a little bit of time to sort of evaluate stuff um, but yeah I mean I've always wanted to release the interviews that I have done and today is actually an interview with Chris Freeman who was formerly of Manchester Orchestra you may have remembered that we did the 10 questions with um, a few months back now as part of sort of season one but moving into season two, this was a really funny interview, which did have sort of serious aspects to it. You know, why he is no longer part of Manchester Orchestra, so on and so forth, and everything else in between. Me and Chris uh, have stayed in touch ever since we did the interview, which was back in sort of March time. Um, and I class ourselves as, you know, good friends these days, which is great. Um, but that's kind of testament to how well we got on on this podcast originally in March. Um, it's really super interesting. I don't want to hold you too long on uh, the introduction side of it. Just want to thank you for coming back. Thanks for the patience in waiting for me to get back to it. Um, and thanks for the understanding as to you know why I haven't done it. A few people have been asking why I haven't. And um, I've given them the honest answer. So it's nice to be back. It's nice to be with season two. I don't know how regular it's going to be. Um, I'm going to do it as often as I can. Um, and hopefully it's all about the quality of the interviews, the quality of the content, as opposed to the regularity of it. Um, before we do that, though, I'm going to play a little track, as always. Um, it's not by anything Chris has been involved in, just something to uh, enjoy. This is Narrow Mouth by the early November. <laughs>
Is Atlanta? It's warm. <laughs> it's cold here. Atlanta yeah. is Florida in September, and it's like a bloody sauna. It's nuts. Uh, what part of Florida? Uh, Orlando. Oh, I just visit like a vacation. Yeah, we, well, we went for a wedding. We went for uh, oh. like my wife's cousin's wedding, uh, but it was like, like Florida's great when you get to the theme parks, but it's like a big giant sauna. I will say, being a Georgianer or an Atlantaner, I don't know if there's a proper term for that. I hate Florida. <laughs> I, it's so hot. I wasn't it's... a huge. F- I mean, I was like, I did the Halloween Horror Nights thing. Okay, yeah. Oh, and that was sick. Like because, like, I never say sick. Holy shit! Why did I just say sick? Um, it's all right. Say dope and say you can edit that out. It's your podcast. Uh, no, I'm gonna leave it in. I want. Okay. I, well, that'll get the teenagers in, right? Yeah, they're not saying sick. They're saying uh, extra. That's the new slang term I've heard, extra. 
like extra. oh she's extra like um like it's a bad thing like she's a little bit extra like that's their new term it's really weird like, i don't know if i like i know like that. I, I don't like it i don't like it it could be misconstrued in so many different ways i know like mm. she's extra what you mean like she's too much i think that's what they're trying to say but like i would take that as being positive like oh yeah he's like dude that new record is extra I don't know. What do we say? We say... I'm like, old. Well, I say mint. Like M-I-N-T? Yeah. Like, oh, that's really mint. But I think that's just like an England thing. Okay. I say dope. You can get away with saying dope. Imagine if I said Why? Dope. Why? Because you're a cool hip guy. Oh, you're going to say because I'm black? Oh, no. God, no. <laughs> you no. were going to. I, I felt that... I wasn't going to say it. I promise I wasn't going to say it. Mm. I didn't even slightly feel it. That would be mm. so wrong. I felt it across the pond. Across the pond. I, I swear that was not the case. <laughs> Stop accusing me of stereotypes. God damn it. We've been right. only talking for allegedly two minutes. We haven't been talking for half an hour before this at all. Okay? Allegedly. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm with you. For the sake of the podcast, I am not a racist or anything. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't being racist. Stereotypical would have been the... You know, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. It's not a big deal. We'll let it fly. I'll find more of it, Chris. And, you know, I'll ask difficult questions. Um, okay. Um, by the way, I, I can't say mint. I, that, that doesn't sound good in an American accent. Mint? It's, you've, got, it's, you've got to have like a, a, like almost like a northeastern kind of accent, like English northeastern accent. Like it's mint. It goes down. It goes down. Mint. Yeah, you yeah, kind of got it. Kind of. I'm jealous of the accent, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've always wanted one. Sentiments are echoed, my friend. Sentiments are echoed. <laughs> like, I think it's the whole American-British thing. We want to be American, you want to be British, and it's totally fine, and we're all comfortable with it. We'll just get it up. No, I, just, it's not I just heard, like, 50,000... In- oh, no, no, fuck that! <laughs> <laughs> was that okay? <laughs> it wasn't too bad, man. Yeah, it was okay. But the people who don't know who you are, which is silly, mm-hmm. introduce yourself in a way that is different to the last four minutes, which is a pretty good introduction, okay. I think. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. You know, you saw who I am. You know my skin color, um, or at least half of it. We do. We, we know America. Where, we know I'm a stereotype of. Yeah. Or I'm a stereotyper. Or racist. A, um, a racist, yeah. So I'm glad we got that. I, my name's Chris Freeman. I formerly played in a band called Manchester Orchestra. I I play music, I make art, and I do screen printing sometimes. And yeah, I, I play music my whole life. So you're just just a cool dude, and just an all around incredible human being. I so agree. I think we've met twice, and you don't remember, but you know the effect. On- well, see, that, that already makes me sound like a bad guy. No, it's kind of like, you know, people meet you and it's like, you know when people meet God? It's like that. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's an oversight. That's a stretch. I'm not God. How do we know? Who is God? Uh, well, all right, we're getting into it. Yeah. Already. Who, who is God? Like, is he Chris Freeman? I'm not even sure God's a he. You know, uh-oh. Oh, uh-oh, 1990s. Uh... <laughs> you yeah, maybe. Are you saying you think that it's who I think it is? Sinead? No. I forgot what? her name. Who? Go from No Doubt. Gwen? Gwen Stefani. 
Yeah. Do I think Gwen Stefani's God? I think it's possible. Or if she would have stayed with Gavin if she was God, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, because God would frown on divorce, right? Yeah, but wasn't he, like, fucking the maid or something? I feel like they're all fucking the maid. I feel like he's open to new experience. They were so beautiful together. That's my only thing. Like, I'm not all about, like, celebrity relationships and, like, people staying together or whatever, like, tabloids. But, like, if we're having a celebrity relationship. It might as well be Gwen and Gavin. I mean, they were beautiful. They had beautiful kids. They, you know, I'm not saying I was a huge Bush fan, but, like, I was... He's gone on to this TV show, though, you know, in, um, no, in the UK, know. and it's kind of like pop idol stuff. And mm. he is, it's called The Voice, and they sit on a chair mm. with their... And they hit the button, and they turn around. Yeah, with Will I Am. Yeah. And as soon as anyone good <sighs> comes along, like, Will I Am's just like, yo, I'm having that guy. And it's like, and Gavin's like, oh, I, I want him too. And, like, <laughs> they were all like, oh, I'm going to go with Will. And it's just like, oh, what happened with Will? Like, so I kind of feel like Gavin's just there for shits and giggles. Yeah. It's never going to Well, work. we have that. We have that here in the States, too, and I don't know who's on it now, but I, I couldn't get through it. CeeLo uh, was on it. Who? Jessica? CeeLo was on it. CeeLo, and that was legit, because you're like, oh, yeah, CeeLo's going to make anything great. You mean kiss, and he did. Kiss from a rose seal? No, not seal. CeeLo, like, I think you're crazy. Oh, yeah, like, no, it's Mark. Yeah, I know what you mean. I thought you meant seal, yeah. and I was like, seal's the fucking coolest guy on the planet i sing kiss from a rose like once a day if you ask the guys i work with i sing it once a day good you should always sing that i just feel like they're you know i think you're the only person in the world who loved that song i think it was wildly underrated i don't think it got any acclaim um i don't think anybody's heard it i think you might go to podcast just to make sure that people understand what song you're talking about we do is we have like an introduction to music you've been part of but maybe i should just change that and play seal every time but i think you should always talk about the band that you're referencing and then just play seal anyway yeah it's in seal just, just, <clears throat> just, yeah just, every time just that bit just the da, 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 and then that's it and then you know what you know why i said Sinead earlier because i i can't stop listening to black boys on mopeds you know that song i don't know much of Sinead o'connor but i know that she's kind of more popular over there than she is here Really? Yeah. Like Kevin, Weird. Kevin was talking about it the other day in the podcast, and I had to pretend I was like a real big fan. I felt like a total doofus, because that's actually lying, and that's bad. Oh, yeah. You shouldn't do that. No, it's lying on record. And when you asked me that, I thought, yeah. you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to come out. <clears throat> the best lie I've ever told, I told Kevin Devine, like, Sean, like, I like I'm, well, I'm in between. I'm texting him right now, and he's upset. What? Um, Kevin Deasy? I'm Ke- You're texting Kevin Deasy. Kevin Deasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's actually the one who showed me Sinead so that's not too surprising um, but yeah Black Boys on Mopeds check it out it's a good song it's like one of the what have I been listening to recently Coke like literally all week in anticipation for this interview uh, yeah. or conversation I listened to Plunder Curse 
just to because I was thinking about him. I was thinking about Jess. Maybe maybe you feel good. I love Jess. Yeah, there's just you know there's something about Jess. Like, I mean, the first EP. Mm-hmm. That was ah. Oh. Man. Did you know them when they were Fletcher? I knew of them. It's weird. Do you remember the days when pure volume was a thing? <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. So bands that I was recommended was Fletcher and I of them. And then years later, I seen this guy and I was like, that kind of looks like the guy from Fletcher. Turns out it was. Um, and it was Color Revolt when I heard Blood in Your Mouth. But I'd never seen any of Jesse's bands live, ever. Well, I will say it's a shame. They were like they were one of those bands they just watched every night. Like when we toured with them, it was just yeah, watch them play because it was just unbelievable. It's like a whole other beast. It's like people who haven't seen Oh Brother live. I kind of feel sad for them. Ah, uh, yeah, one of those ones where you're just like, yes, on record they do a great job, but this live is just like it's beastly. It's mint. It's mint. You it's it's dope. Um, it's extra. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, not extra. It's extra mint. Holy shit! I've just oh, got a whole new thing. Tweet it. Hashtag extra mint. All the kids. Will hashtag be. extra. Hashtag mint. Hashtag extra mint. All the kids will be doing it. Every single fucking one of them. Um, mm. Including the God version of. She'll be tweeting it and everything. Um, what was I going to say? Um, something about Cold Revolt, and I forgot what it was. Um, oh, no, or oh, brother. Yeah, I've told this story already on the podcast, but I'm going to tell it again because I think it's interesting to tell people who may know O oh, brother. I demand my now wife to be my girlfriend on the strength of how good O oh, brother's performance was. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, it was like a, hey, like, we've been kind of kissing each other's faces for, like, three weeks. That was really maybe do this thing where, like, we do what we've always been doing, but because O oh, brother was so good, we're would say it officially like we're a thing mm. married like a year later that's brilliant yeah like whenever I listen to Lay Down I just think Ooh, oh yeah shit I love her brother though like there's oh, this man there, I normally have like a you know I have a full set of questions and prompts for this I've totally gone off on my own tangent that's okay yeah okay like I, I'm sure I'm sure people went sitting there going I really hope Graham asked that question <laughs> and if they were, I saw him post the questions earlier and yeah. he hasn't gotten to a single one of them you know we did the funny thing was when I did it with somebody not too long ago who you may or may not know um, with a surname Deezy mm. um, mm. I tweeted does anyone want me to ask Kev Dev anything and Kevin tweeted it kind of halfway during the questioning I think and I got lots of people going like oh ask this ask this all the boring questions so I never did that again um mm. Because like, oh, ask him when, like the the new Bad Books albums out, and I was just like, I know, like, I'm not asking him that, like, like if I was saying like a why, like it's standard question is a who, why, what, like you need, you can't have a yes or a no question. It just it defeats the point. I couldn't agree more. I think, um, I'll try and keep on track. Anyway, okay, right. So, um, what was your memory of falling in love with music? It sounds so deep. So deep. Um, so deep. Sexual. Um, I would say I realized. Uh, I mean, it was probably like when I in like the second grade when I sang. Uh, I think it was Blue Suede Shoes and Hound Dog in front of my elementary school. Um, 
with my music teacher playing guitar and I played harmonica and I remember before and then getting on stage and doing it and not being nervous. I think that's when I realized I could do the performance aspect of it and really fell in love with people looking at me. <laughs> were, you, um, were you wearing shoes at that point? Was I wearing shoes? Do you mean like blue suede shoes or just shoes in general? Just shoes in, you don't wear shoes live. You never used to. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. I was wearing shoes at that point. You've seen my toes. Have you seen my feet? Well, we met twice deep. Like, true. Not, not to that extent, I don't think. I mean, if that's an offer... <laughs> I'm going to reject it. But I'm getting on a plane. I'm on my way there. Um, yeah. Whiskey on the plane, and you're going to... The same thing's going to happen that happened last time. The, the stewardess is going to question it, and then... And then we get into a fight, and then I get strapped down to the chair in the back. And your feet get smelled by somebody completely different, and it's the fucking story goes a total different way. And I know. It's insane. I don't know why we're talking about smelling feet. I don't... I've it's okay. Smelled... Well, you've never smelled anybody's feet, ever. I know, I don't think, I mean, I have, but like, by accident, like, if someone has smelly feet and they took their socks off, I'm like, fuck. Like, this is guy who all the time, and he used to just rock up with, like, no shocks. Like, during the training period, when you're learning how to take a phone call, you know, like, you, <laughs> pick, you, you pick the phone up and you talk. Um, <laughs> and it, when you when they're teaching you that over a course of three weeks, um, they, th- this guy just used to take his shoes off, his socks off, and, like, this song, <laughs> yeah, it was real bad. So, like, I kind of have... <laughs> But at the same time, I kind of haven't. Not voluntarily. You didn't. You didn't mean to. No, I didn't like, grab his feet and go like, "Hey, give me a smell." You <laughs> give said, us a smell. Give us a smell. In the in my old job though, you I think you, you know Lush. You know the bath bomb shop. No. You don't have like the big smelly shop. The, the bath bomb shop. The, like ballist, they sell bath bombs that you put in your bath and they kind of explode and it's all like pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of Lush before, but yeah, I know what you mean. Oh well, I used to work at this place like that for ages, um, and we used to get this person back in, when I lived in Newcastle, and these this person used to ring and could all like whoever answered the phone, they'd be like, oh hey, um, do you have sweaty feet? And that was like the thing, and it would happen like twice a day and it was just like fuck off man like but if i answered the guy got real nervous he was like oh, 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 oh. It, it doesn't matter and it would just hang up <laughs> never mind never mind <laughs> it's like if i had a female accent would you prefer that fucking yeah real. it's nothing wrong with my feet um Weird. so you you did blues shoes. i did i did i did the song blue switch but a hound dog and i was wearing shoes at the time um I only stopped wearing shoes live later in my career. I just felt more like free and open. And it was something new to try. And I was tired of like my shoes would get caught on my kick pedal or my, uh, my sustain pedal all the time. And so I couldn't figure out like where to put my feet. So I just made them more accessible. And you're a smart shoe guy. I specifically remember over the years of seeing you live, you wear smart shoes away from this. I, th- mm. I think you're a smart what? shoe guy. I like my smart shoes. I like my shoes. I've been wearing white Vans for like the last two years now. So I've kind of, I don't know. I haven't liked my smart shoe game. I've just sort of found my my home base when it comes to my shoes. I think I'm a Dr. Martens guy. I wish I could pull those off. They're too bulky for my my, uh, my frame. No, you could pull them off. I, I see Chris Freeman in Doc Martens as like a model. <laughs> a Martens model, you know, like... I can yeah. see that. You you laugh, but I'm I'm visualizing and I see it. Like that's the thing. You you don't see it, and if you could see it, if you could. You know what's it, crazy? You know what's crazy? As you say it, I can see it too. 
it works, right? You could wear the high tops, you could wear the low tops, you could wear the V range, you could wear the leather range. I'm seeing myself, like white background, just standing there, little Dr. Martin's logo at the bottom. Boom. It's me. Wow. I think that should be the best. (laughs) What, me pleading to be a Dr. Martin's uh, model? It could be one of those, like, things. Do you know, like, when you're in and you get, like, you have this tape that you can listen to where it, it, like, relaxes you and tells you how to sleep? We could kind of do that, but we could be, like, trying to get people to visualize you in Dr. Martin so they can see what we feel and what we see as well. Okay, let's try it. Okay. You want to start or you want me to start? You start, you start. I'll start. White background. Red leather shoes. The tips of his toes. <laughs> Slipping. I'm going to stop doing a British accent. <laughs> That's been my fight this whole time. I've been trying, like, all I can see right now is uh, David Brent trying to, like, <laughs> do something funny. I don't know. I like how you, like, everyone in America calls him David. No one ever calls what? him Ricky Gervais. Oh, no, well, no, only in that, like, in that role. Because oh. that's how I was, I was introduced to him through that role, and that was, like, that was life-changing. That was, like, old school the first time for me. Um, but, no, I'm looking to, uh, to his, it was a podcast, a radio show. Cole Hilgenden, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that whole series, like, that, from the beginning, was just the engineer, like, that shit was gold to me um so i, I know him. i know mr ricky Come it's on. amazing like carl pilkenden like back in the early days was so funny like yeah like just abnormally funny and then with popularity comes it would be oh he's not funny he's funny he's still funny oh. still hugely relevantly funny relevant? i know that yeah relevant, relevant. funny relevant and funny yeah I, I, that's a problem when i do these podcasts i i, I can't sometimes can't speak it's okay. That's weird. Yeah, 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 okay. I can visualize, but I can't speak. Um, well, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you you did some stuff. You did blue switch shoes with shoes on. Um, Doctor Martin's for the visualize. Um, yeah, flying um, around in Doctor Martin's. But how does that how does that turn into making a band? Ah. Uh, I don't know. I was living in a town called Toccoa, Georgia at the time. So it was like a really tiny little town um, in northern Georgia. And I started playing piano at the college there. They taught courses. Not, I wasn't taking college courses, but they taught kids how to play the piano. And so I think that first really got me into an instrument. And I didn't want to play the guitar for whatever reason. Um, and I was good at the piano because I had long fingers. <clears throat> I started making my own music and then playing drums because I was the only black kid at an all-white uh, prime. And so some more stereotyping. Uh, they were like, oh, this guy's got rhythm. He can play the drums. And so I started playing drums in the worship team. And like that's where I met everybody. You know how you have long like, mm-hmm. do you ever get like jealousy letters from Trump? <laughs> it was tiny hands? Yeah. Like you, fuck you, with the big thing. Fuck you. Like he he writes me constantly, um, and it's difficult. It's difficult to swallow, you know, because I'm like, this is our president, and yeah, yeah. he's writing to me about his tiny baby bitch hands. And <laughs> what the fuck? I and, fucking hate that guy. Do you hate that guy? I know, man. Yeah, it's tough, especially in the south. 
it's like a really weird thing because there's a lot of people that I know that are like. No, Florida confused me. Fuck those guys. Like, they, uh, Florida doesn't know what they want. But like they asked us, they were like, "Oh, hey, you guys from Scotland?" And I was like, "Well, I live in Scotland, like kind of." And they yeah. were like, "Oh, I, I heard you guys hate Trump. I heard that like when he came, you held up signs and stuff." And I was like, "Yeah, we like we don't like Trump. He's a dick." Like, and they were yeah. like, "Oh, cool, not voting for him either. Fucking voted for him." And I was like, "You liar." Well, dude, you know the thing that happened. And it happened in my state, too, because we are such a red state. Um, me thought that he was going to win, like genuinely did not think he was going to win the presidency. So nobody voted like anybody who was going to vote for Hillary didn't go vote because they were like, oh, there's there's no way this is going to happen. Um, we don't need to worry about it. I'll just stay home and watch Hillary, you know, win the presidency. And then they've been in their scenario ever since. Yeah, it's uh I, I, I could tell he was going to win, though. It was like Brexit. Like, I knew mm-hmm. that was going to happen. Like, I was like, fucking idiots are going to vote to leave. And we have no idea. When that came around, I was like, I'm going to wake up in the morning and that fucking tool is going to be in charge of America. It's terrifying. Oh, yeah. My wife and I went to bed. Like, we and we were, like, watching the news. And we're like, let's just go to bed. Everything's going to turn around. And we'll wake up tomorrow and Hillary will be president. And we'll figure it out from there. And we'll go. And it was like, oh shit, yeah, it's <laughs> Donald like, Trump is our president. It's that moment where you go, um... I've always had people say, Donald, you have the most beautiful hand. Um, yeah. where did we get to? Oh, Long Fingers Music. Yes. Uh, piano. And how did that turn into making a band and you said you didn't want to do... Yeah, so how did that turn into... Right, okay, how did you meet Andy, Robert, Jay... I met I met Robert when he was in fourth grade because we went to the same school. Um, I was in seventh grade, he was in fourth grade, and he was the cool kid at the skate park because <clears throat> he skateboarded and he was really good at it. And I was a fruit booter, um, and I wasn't cool, and so he made this, and that's how we met. Um, yeah, no, I, Robert, but he doesn't look like the cool guy. Well, he was cool because he was young and he was good. Oh. So, like, at the park, it was like, that's all you needed to do is be young and good at it. And it was like, all right, you know, he's cool. And then I showed up and did I had braces and like a whole a lot of acne. You had acne? Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. But you have Terrible skin. acne. You have great skin, though. Thank you. No, it's fine. Not only, but, you know, you're getting there. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm exfoliating. Um, exfoliating is the name of the game. It's just the name of the game, yeah. But I was—I so met Robert there, and he—he he was always around. Hister was a bit older than me, so um, and she was really cute, and I like had an impression. Um, and then Andy, I met him at the same church, but later on, I had actually put up uh, a sign saying "Drum for a Band" in like this guitar teacher's room at the church. He had been teaching everybody how to play guitar, and a buddy of mine, Harrison Hudson. Um, saw it and called me and asked me to come play drums or try out to play drums in the band and that ended up being this band called East on Autry which was me Harrison Jay Jay yeah and Andy and that's how I met those guys we started like, like tried out we I played along to a couple of songs decently well and so they said I could be the drummer and we did that for a while and then I moved to Ohio for like four years and then Andy asked me to come back to Atlanta to 
figure quote unquote figure out how to play the keys in Manchester. So yeah, I read yeah. I read somewhere that you kind of when you joined that you didn't know the keys as an expert. Oh, not at all. I mean, my I stopped taking lessons when I was like eight, and I've like my only been dabbling in like this little Casio keyboard. Like, um, but where everybody was musically at the time, I I could fit in and I could <clears throat> I could figure it out. So I just kind of figured it out and played by ear and tried to make the craziest sounds I could find. Because Andy did a lot of um, Andy did a lot of the first album like acoustically first, right? Am I right? Yeah, if I, oh. if I remember, yeah, I mean the songs were already there when we did. Is that the record you're referencing? Yeah, 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 Virgin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when we did that, I think the songs I came in to just like play along. And they had already done this other record that hadn't been released and this EP. And so we were playing some of those songs live. And then we decided to record this record after this, we met with this management team uh, at South By who kind of told us to just release what we had already rather than going and recording Virgin. So we told them to fuck off and we can <laughs> record a Virgin. And some of those songs were on the EP and some of them were new. But yeah, it was all like flushed out by the time we got because Virgin was like 2006. That sounds right. That yeah, 2006, 2007. I, I'm terrible at the dates. Like, I'm sure it was because I I don't actually remember how I found out about Manchester. I think it was, I want to say it was you. I, I, I want to say that, but that's like the obvious answer. And like, that's kind of probably what you expect. But I'm sure I was like, I'm fucking bored with music containing me anymore. What could I listen to? And I think it was back in the day when MySpace was like totally relevant. And I was yeah. like, who's brand new's top eight or whatever it was? Was it top eight? It was top eight. It was huge. I remember because it was like top six and then they moved it up to top eight or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, you were like second and I was like, so those guys must be good. Polar <laughs> Revolt were like seventh and I was like, well, I like the number seven, so... <laughs> Might as well check it out. I'll go with those guys. Um, and I just heard like neutral tell, and then there right. was then because I remember thinking, oh cool, when they, when they tour, like it'll be like seven pound a ticket. I'll, I'll check them out live. And then mm. you played with fucking Kings of Leon, and it was like thirty pounds a ticket. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And I didn't even watch Kings of Leon. Like I didn't. Even, like, I'm just like I don't hate him. I don't like him. I find mm. like I mean I really like Closer. Okay. Like great tune. Is it closer? Closer? I don't know. It could be either. It's like the Joy Division track, right? It's like is it closer? Is it closer? Um, oh yeah, I know. What you're but the, yeah, the first time I seen you <clears throat> ever was at like this huge arena. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, weird, right? That was crazy. I mean, I've grown up listening—not grown up, but like I spent the five years before that listening to Kings of Leon as a huge fan. Um, just using young manhood, and I were like. When I was living in Ohio, the that was like the new music that I was getting from my friends in the South, because uh, they were still like nobody knew for a really long time. Even at that point, when we toured with them, they were only selling like yeah, they were thousand seat rooms. Yeah. So when we got to we play opened up for them in America like once or twice, and then they were kind of like, "Come play every show you want to play with us ever. You just let us know," and we got invited to come do that. In the it's like. It was mind-blowing. I mean, I'd never been in rooms that big before. It was weird, though, because you played with, like... Like, when you... you did, I, I've seen you headline a lot, like, mm. 
like mainly headlining like and I just, I don't know how many times I've seen you but it's a lot um but you oh, who did you support again Biffy Clyro mm-hmm. like Biffy were huge too and that was on the Mean Everything tour I think yes but that was like a period when I'd seen you like you came to the UK like three times that year it was like Biffy and then two headline tours I think because you played Manchester and it was the first show and I just remember the whole show being actually quite hilarious. It was the first time you played 50 Cent. Really? Yeah, because I remember him saying, oh, like, Andy was like, oh, we've never played this. Like, you're going to get like a, you're going to get an exclusive. And I'm like, this like 22 year old guy and I'm just like, oh yeah, man, this is going to be the fucking king. Like, <laughs> this is going to be so king. And he's just like, 50 cent and I'm like what the fuck is he saying about man <laughs> and then like yeah. 30 seconds and I'm like this is fucking genius like this is the best thing I've ever heard in my life play it again and then you didn't but, and then I met him and I was like oh hey man like I, I really love like that oh like I've, I've travelled all the way from like Newcastle to see you but like you know like you do right. and he was like okay and I was like oh he's tired I think he's tired <laughs> And then, like, I called him out on it, like, five years later. I was like, you were really grumpy when I met you, man. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. And he was, like, the nicest guy ever, and I fucked dick. Ah, yeah. yeah. He, well, he's a cuddly guy. Like, I wanted a hug. <laughs> all, all the time? All the hugs? Um, yeah. Not all of the time, but, like, some of the time. I wanted to be, like, I wanted, but he's, like, a shaky hand guy. Shake his hand. He looks like that kind of guy. Uh, I mean, I'll give you a hug. We've, we've hugged. Well, you're, 10 years. Yeah. yeah, like that might have took you a while to get to the hug instead. You look at Kadev. Kadev he's a hugger. He's a total hugger. Like, you'd never go, can I shake your hand? You'd be like, come here, big man. You know? Bring it on in. You yeah. idiot. <laughs> That's the second time I said bitch on this podcast. Just so everybody knows, I it's okay. am all about women's rights. So And I'm and I'm not a racist. Respect for women. Oh, I'm, I'm also not a... Um, what was I doing before? I was... I was doing something that we said it was racism, but it wasn't. It was um, stereotyping. That was it. Yes. And I yeah. wasn't. You accused me of stereotyping, but I wasn't. Well, you know, whatever. Reparations. Yeah. Each, Each to their own, indeed. Um, and I have prompts here, and I'm so lost. It's all mm. right, though. Fuck it. Like this is going to be hilarious when it comes out. It's going to be great. Well, don't um, don't put the don't spread the butter before you burn the toast. That's not a saying. I don't know why. Don't spread the butter before you burn the toast. It could be. That's not bad. That's not bad. Like for just like an off the cuff thing. Like, like you should just yeah, like, coming there. Like you should, you should toast toast before you burn it, and then you haven't wasted any butter. That holds up. That holds yes. up. Ooh. It works. It's like a new. Could that? Would that be a proverb? Or am I showing my lactation there? That couldn't be a proverb. Mm. No. What is it? Proverb? No, it wouldn't be a proverb. That's... I don't know the definition of a proverb, but I'm calling it a proverb. I do. I'm just not letting anyone know. Um, I I totally know the definition of a pro pro proverb proverb proverb. Mm. I'm I'm a pro at proverbs. Um, sounds sounds nice, right? Sounds, it rolls off the yeah. tongue well. Um, I I think I skipped a bit. Okay, so let's rewind. Um, oh right, okay. This is a question that's really good to ask. This is dead interesting. People get really into this shit. Mm. Um, what was the first show that you went and you were like, I want to do that? And I know you give me a reason before, but pretend it wasn't just that. And you seen a band and was like, that's me, man. Uh, I'm trying to think of the first like cool show I went to because the first show I went to was not cool. Um, was it Limp Biscuit? 
No, I grew up like this. That small town that I grew up in was a really it was a Christian college town, and so they used to have these big Christian festivals every year. Yeah. Uh, so like, do you, do you know any like? <laughs> not widespread the American Christian uh, scene was. Um, so do you know have any point of reference of what I that mean, might when mean? When I I like I. I've fallen out of love with it, but I know, like, I used to go to, like, a church, and my friends still go to some church, and, like, I know, like, I think Hillsong is Australian? Yeah, yeah. like, that kind of, I know that filters into America, and a kind of a hipper kind of pool church that has, like, worship music, like... Right, that's like big production and like it yeah. sounds like a good song or it could have been a good song if it wasn't not a good song. Yeah, um, yeah. I love that song. There's one song that I think is great and I totally forget what it was, but there's one song and I actually downloaded it on my Spotify. Oh. But that's a totally different thing altogether. I'd like to hear Dustin's worship music, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I haven't heard any of that, but I, I knew he was doing it and I heard good things, but I, I hadn't heard any actual content. I just feel like Dustin does something, it's going to sound beautiful. Like, yeah. You could sing Christmas songs and you'd be like, oh, he's so good. <laughs> Listen to that guy. Listen like, to him. Dustin's great. He's like, great. He's a dude. Like, I would have, like, if I was list- if I was speaking to Dustin, like, I don't think I could even joke with him. I just feel like he'd just be like, he he's like, Ugh. And my dad's not going to listen to this, but, like, Dustin's the kind of guy that I wish was, like, my dad. <laughs> like, you know, cool dude. Like, he's a cool dude. But he's, but he's wise. He's so wise. Mm. I've never I've never met him, for the record. I'm just assuming he's a wise dude dick. Uh, he and I never really had much conversation, but uh, that's due to, like, my extreme, um, what's it called when you want to stay home instead of going, int- introvertness? Introvert. Intro- yeah. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Um, on some level, on some level of the spectrum. Um, but he seems very nice. Ah, I like to pretend like I am. I'm uncomfortable in public spaces, but I can I can manage. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. But I can like I can be on a stage and like hold my own. But I, I prefer to like not you're, you're be right. in public. You're pretty active on stage. Uh, that was intentional. You know, it's a good it's good to be like a. I never wanted to be a born keyboard player. That was like my whole shit. Like, I remember seeing Mars Volta play and me being like, okay, if I can just be as entertaining as that guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but. Oh, um. Oh. You know, big black guy with big short hair. Um, yeah, 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 I know who he is. I, I, yep. I, <clears throat> I just always remember Cedric. Like, you, when you think of Mars oh, yeah. you think Cedric. Of course, yeah. But I mean, they, they're such, they, they were all such, like, in every incarnation. Uh, like, like madmen, you know, and almost like they're possessed. And I was like, all right, I can at least like pretend to be mad and like, uh, like mad as in crazy, not mad as in like, angry. Um, and like, I, I usually shot for mad and came at like a mentally handicapped. That would about me. <laughs> <laughs> in so my stage I, performance, I, I so so I, I can't remember in which situation, but I remember someone going, hey. The keyboard player kind of looks like he's on ecstasy because his chin's like really going for it. And I remember like watching for ages. I was like, "Oh yeah!" And then he had no shoes on. I was like, "Oh, he's freaking out! He's freaking out!" Freaking out! He's on a bad trip, man. (laughs) Oh no, he's seen the crocodiles. Um, (laughs) I don't even know what happens. I'm like, I was like a allegedly cool straight edge kid from like the age of like seventeen to like twenty three. So I don't even know what happens when you take drugs. I I don't know. 
I've never done any hearts of hallucinogenics in my life. Um, I don't think I would do well on them. No. I don't think that they would treat me very well at all, especially like mushrooms. I've heard too many stories oh, no. of like, you're just trapped in this hell for like hours. And I'm like, I, that's going to be me. That's going to be me in the corner, freaking the fuck out. Like, and I'm going to die. Yeah, like this, this no, like, nation is active enough. Like, I don't need yeah. anything to improve this fucking mind I really don't mm. like I, it's perfect it's it is it's the mind that God gave me and it's the mind that I'll keep it's the mind that Gwen Stefani gave me and I'll keep it the way it is I, <laughs> I get that alright first show first show oh, yeah. Christian music terrible Carmen uh, he was a white rapper Christian guy uh, on Riot Door and with these talk openings so like not a cool show um, my first non-Christian show was probably Sufjan, to be honest. I think pseudo-Christian. Um, but yeah, that was like my... Sufjan Stevens was my first, like, live music experience. So did you have, like... You see, I was speaking to John from The Chariot. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know John. You know, do you know John? Not personally, he, no. He, he, he kind of said this in, like, your first, like, introduction to, like, live music, and he was like, oh, like church music I was a church kid and I was just like like this might sound like I'm so like just putting everything into one box but we don't really have that here like the Christian music we get truthfully mm. is like Norma Jean mm. that's as Christian as we get like well congrats because you don't have to like I haven't heard <laughs> Christian music in a long time and but if you put on like a frenzy record or like uh like early POD before they went non-Christian, like I could sing every line because that was allowed to listen to. Um, the Christian market here for music like that is, or at least when I was growing up, was huge. And if you were in the church, it was either oldies or Christian music. And that's like, I remember hiding my Blink-182 CD and my Stained CD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, that was like my rebellion. Anyway, um, oh, fuck things up just like I always do. Like that was so. Good. I remember turning when he said "fuck" because I didn't <laughs> want my mom to hear it like through the headphones. I used to listen to um, "Hot Dog" by Limp Bizkit on like my CD player, like really mm. fucking loud, because my nana was deaf, so she couldn't hear it, but I could hear it, and I felt like she could hear it. And I was just like, yeah, this. 46 fucks in this fuck up rhyme. Yeah, fuck you, man. <laughs> wow. like, you don't know what you're doing right now. But, yeah. um, she did one day. I put it on the CD player and she's like, turn that Oh my God, turn that off. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. I was like, it's Fred Durst, man. Fred Durst, don't give a fuck. Yeah, but, it's just the real shit, man. Yeah, wait till you get Linkin Park. Oh. Um, and you know what? I still go back to those albums. Like, oh, I'm yeah. going to deny it. I still go back. Like, Hybrid Theory's great, man. Yeah, that changed, not like in a great way, but I remember hearing that shit and being like, Alright, I can get behind this. Like when I, you know, got home from school early, my mom wasn't there and I like got to watch MTV for ten minutes and like that's the kind of shit I would be like, Oh yeah. This rules. Yeah, like you can't like you can't deny that was like a, a, a moment. Like I mean, it's you go to that phase, right? You get like new metal mm. and then you had did you did you go through the weird indie phase that kind of wasn't in but it kind of was indie? You're like, oh, I like cool music. I'm a mellow now. For me, it was De- Deja Entendu was the thing that made me go, oh yeah, I'm I'm a cool kid now. Like I, oh, I, yeah. I, like, I like lyrics. Mine was a uh, mine was like Transatlanticism, Death Cab, um, 
greatest album. No, 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 no. Second greatest album ever. Second greatest. Like, What's the first? Uh, I the game away, but Devil and God. Okay. Okay. Like Devil and De- it's nothing touches it. Let's be honest, man. Nice steal some topographic maps. Nothing. <laughs> like, not even like there's there's not a thing. I think between Transatlanticism, Deja, Devil and God. Mean everything is there as well. I mean everything is there as well. Just for shake it out, like the end, it's emotional. That was a nice one. I like that song. I love shake it out. Like it's like one of my, it's like my top in my top five, I think. And I used to with you when you're seeing it live, letting all the oh. out. Now I used to head back like doom, 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 doom. Yeah, it was great. Amazing. It was a well. I'm glad I had somebody out there doing it with me, so that you can feel the pain that my neck feels now. Yeah, the, the bang over. Yeah, I used to get bang over. Oh yeah, yeah. Was... I used to get the iron neck. That was like the. I was like two weeks in. It didn't matter anymore because your neck was just like a solid rock of tense muscle. You've been, you've been doing steroids? No, I was actually struggling for last night, and it, oh man, like boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that that would be a great excuse if you were like gym going and you were just doing the steroids too much. Um, yeah, and so you're right. Where were we? Shit, I'm totally lost. Uh, early Christian music, early shows. Oh, uh, indie. Did I get into like the whole indie thing? Death I did. Death uh, Cab, man, I can talk Death, Death Cab. Cab. Well, I found that on in, like the lamest way possible, but in the way that I think a lot of people in my generation did, at least in America, yeah, which was yeah, that was it, man. I mean, it was a cultural icon, and then their music director was just so on point with their mixtapes that I remember hearing. Transatlanticism, I think I can't remember which track was on like the OC Mix One. The Sound of Settling. Beautiful. The Sound of Settling. Yeah. Great track. Yeah. And honestly, I was a huge kid. Um, I like Coldplay. Like, I, I know people don't like Coldplay. I like Coldplay. Not the new no, stuff. No. Like, Beyonce has joined. No. no. But, like, like, yeah, when I saw, I remember like hearing Parachutes and like yeah. Rush of Blood to the Head, I will say, stands up as a great record. Yeah. Um, totally. I listened, I listened to it like a year ago and I was like, oh. This is still great. Like, yeah, that was like my emo, like sitting by myself writing poetry book record. <laughs> I still do that. Fucking hell, uh, don't hate on me. Um, oh. but yeah, uh, they they had Modest Mouse on the OC as well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't, I hadn't. I remember getting my first Modest Mouse record. And it was by a girl in high school who didn't like me, but I liked her. And she came. Uh, what's that one after Lonesome Crowd in West? Uh, the blue one with Johnny Moore. Um, no, before that. Uh, one. Good news for the people who like bad news, was it not? No. Oh, the moon. Yeah, the moon. Oh, and, yeah. and That's a great I record. It was, that was like my first modest Mouse record. No. Good news came after that. 2004. I know that off the top of my head. That was mine. Mine was good news, and it was because it was the world at large was the first song I heard. Mm. Modest Mouse are great, man. Great. That is just a band that they don't do bad albums, do they? Like, let's be honest, they just don't like like float on. Like, float on go really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, because they did that when like Franz Ferdinand did their whole thing and like Hot Hot Heat, the whole dance, the indie dance, in, like early two thousands. Yeah. Modest Mouse somehow got like I think just because of float on got pulled into that and. For good reason, because that song is fucking great. Um, but it was like one of the only legit good, like, dancey indie. Like, like Death from Above 99. Those guys do. 
Do you remember? Because Head Automatica kind of jumped on that as well. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and you had... um, But then Joe did uh, Men, Women, Children. They, it was so much better than Head Automatica, but... <laughs> another story for a different day. Um, <laughs> yeah, so transatlanticism... I mean, Death Cab are huge now. Like, Death Cab, again, don't really do bad albums, but do you think Death Cab was what kind of channeled what he did with Manchester? me... Manchester and Death Cab are not a million miles apart in certain aspects. No, definitely. I mean, they were like done something really well, and we saw that happen. And I mean, I can't speak for what <clears throat> Andy was bringing to the table, but as far as what I wanted to do and what I was bringing to like my parts and what I thought was good music, um, yeah, I think Death definitely paved the way for bands like us to be able to make the type of music that we did. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're definitely very influential. Um, the type of lyrical, like, turn of phrase and did um, or does, I think, influence Andy in a big way. And uh, a lot of that, between that and the Postal Service, I mean, there's really no denying their influence on not only just us, but I think our, our generation of songwriters and musicians who grew up wanting to, like, express their lonely heart through music. Yeah. And then it's funny enough though because Virgin, Virgin, and like Transatlanticism sort of together in the same. It's not the same, but it's the same genre esque. Like if you were working in a music shop, you might put them together, but then mm. me and everything just was like, boof. Like that, that got louder, man. Like was that a conscious thing? Well, I think well, we were on Sony for me and everything, and we had Joe Ciccarelli, this amazing producer who. He's kind of known for being the guy who comes in and makes the band's best records with. Yeah. Um, like, I'm pretty sure he did Z with My Morning Jacket and did a White Stripes record. That was one of their like more critically acclaimed ones. And he's just kind of one of those guys push you to make, through tension and through like an old school mentality of playing the song a bajillion times and always tuning and always making sure everything's recording. And he has all the tricks in the book to like make things sound a certain way. That when we brought those songs to him, he was really able to kind of run with it and capture it and make sure that we did took the extra steps to um to not alleviate any of the pressure when we went into the studio so it's a very tense time and it's a very um dark time uh, we spent a lot of time in the studio a lot of late nights a lot of arguments a lot of like, t- I, I try to look trying to sound intelligent and say tumult as like a shorter version of tumultuous yeah. turmoil i guess is a better word um it was definitely like one of those records, I think that was the the outcome was because of, like most great records, because of severe tension within the creative process. And I think that is what shone through on me everything. There's a lot of label, manager, producer, inner band, personal life, all that perfect storm that happens when people are in their early 20s and sort of fighting for what they beat that software slump and, and make it a make it a viable career. I think that we were hungry and I think that's what made me and everything sort of uh, be the pop that that it was, like that the catalyst to carry our career into the next record cycle. Yeah, and I think it did. Like, because really, like, I remember like Virgin, obviously you had like Kings of Leon, that you had that tour, but it, it didn't really like mean everything came out. And I mean, I remember a guy who I still speak to, um, and he he doesn't like, shall we say, the kind of music that Manchester Orchestra 
do or any of mm-hmm. that ilk. And I remember he was like, dude, I've heard this song called Me Nothing to Nothing. Like, okay. And he's like, it's great. You have to hear it. I was like, I, I know this band. Like, I've seen them so many times. And he was like, oh, man, I your thing. I'm, I'm really digging it. And it was like, it almost was like a heavier version of Virgin, but at the same time, it, it kind of still had an aspect of not mainstream. I would to say mainstream would be wrong. It was accessible. Sure. Yeah. Very well, that, <clears throat> that was definitely um, you know being on a major label at times. You know, in our minds to go like make something that connects with the most amount of people that we can, while still trying to stay true to that young virgin. So yeah, that makes sense. And then after that, though, there was quite a big gap, right? Like, up until, like, Simple Math. Well, from what I remember, like, there was a, a decent-sized gap from that. Like, and I remember Simple Math being, like, an amalgamation of the two. Yeah, I mean, that was... That's what we, we always called that record our palate cleanser. <clears throat> because Simple Math was sort of was so lush and so, like pull out while we could afford it kind yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. Um, and so we kind of felt like while we had the chance to work with a full orchestra while we had the chance to have somebody like come in and, and, and sort of run that side of things and and we had the money to back us for it we kind of just said let's go let's take this for a ride kind of thing we heard and make Blackberry Studios in Nashville which is a beautiful um facility with so much gear it's stupid and it was just a lot of fun like be let loose um with the backing of sony and like being able to kind of whatever we wanted um i think that's what simple math was and and i think a lot of people felt like that record was lackadaisical and it's like a thing of the rock side of manchester but i think we just wanted to like make something really pretty and really beautiful and after something as raucous as uh as meet everything we were like let's just let's enjoy some some good moments, you know. I mean, it still had some heavy shit, but yeah. But I feel like there was like, I, like, cause I would say over the period of looking back, I would probably choose mean everything as my favorite, like personally. But if I had to choose favorites, I think I'd probably put like stuff like Leave It Alone and Apprehension would probably be my top two, like which are directly after each other on Simple Math. Like I remember, um, it was. It's kind of a horrible record to listen to for me at the time. I was going through a horrendous breakup. Um, and just, like, everything on the album was just, oh, God, this is connecting with me so well. Like, that that was my transatlanticism. That was my breakup album, man. And, like, the whole album at the same time, even listening back now, I don't have bad thoughts about it listening back. I can listen back to it now as a, a full record. And I was listening to it today, coming back on the train, actually, back home. Um, and, like, Leave It Alone and Apprehension was, like... I, I don't think anything was done better than that. Like, I, I generally don't. Yeah, I mean, those were definitely the big part for the band. Like, with those two songs, especially being paired towards the end, it was it felt like a like a growth moment for what we were going for and going from, like, Mean Everything being so young. Yeah. And we kind of felt young all the way up until Simple Math, and we started, you know, hitting our mid to early mid-20s. So we wanted to, like, make, uh, I don't know, more grown up music. That was the first one and, with him, though, wasn't it? That was the first one with him? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremiah left after Mean Everything. And we did, we had th- actually three drummers. Yeah, we had three guys on that record, on Simple Math. We had Tim, 
we had Lynn from Color Revolt, and then we had uh, Ben Hamola from uh, Brand New and Dashboard um, come play no, with us. I had no idea about that. That that makes that album infinitely cooler. I don't know why yeah, change it. No, but it no. We, it was no. It was fun for us too because we. I mean, those were our favorite drummers, and so especially bringing Len from Colorbolt. That was like he's not a handsome man I've ever seen behind a drum kit. He's incredibly powerful. So, um, was that yeah, like, it was really fun. Did that come out at guys. the same time as the Cradle? Because Daniel Davison was on the Cradle, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, I don't know about timing wise, but I know. I don't know when part away from coming at that point. No, I think they had like we we um. I think there mm. was like I think just before Cradle, I think there was only Sean and Jesse left. I think. But Daniel being on because Daniel was like a big deal for me. Everything Daniel does is fucking good. Um, right, yeah, and he's part of that whole Atlanta scene too. So it's like Atlanta Athens, and so I've, I've always I've never spent a lot of time around that dude, but I've always been interested whenever he's a part of a project for sure. Yeah, like for me, like growing up listening to Under Oath with like be the big focal point of everything they're done and then when Daniel came in and it's no disrespect to Aaron for example but Under Oath became a solid band for me that I wanted to listen more and more and more to I was like if Daniel's playing it and I don't know what it is and then he went into Every Time I Die and Every Time I Die were my favourite like band for a period when he was in there and he still is and then Colt came out with him and it was just everything he does man it's like everything he touches turns to bloody gold yeah, maybe he's God. Who knows? He might be him and Gwen. Maybe if they were in the same room together, they would like merge, melt together. Yeah, and then become like the truest form of God. Yeah, excuse me. I keep burping because uh, <laughs> I, I eat shit for here. I couldn't tell. I was I was in the grocery store looking like getting dinner. Like I was like I had to show off or anything. I had to be like, oh yeah, but I got a steak. Like, I cooked my wife a steak on the grill tonight. Like that was the plan. Yeah, but as I was you know walking to get the steak, I saw Chef Boyardee. And I like my mouth started watering like I was a ten year old, <laughs> and I bought Chef Boyardee and ate it as soon as I got home. And so I keep burping Chef Boyardee. My apologies, listening. I've had like four beers because I've been at the home, mm-hmm. and I've had like four beers. And I remember just being like, "Why the fuck did I do that? Like, you're doing an interview, <laughs> you fucking dick." And I was just like, oh, "You know, maybe that'll make it better. Maybe that'll be fine." And like, and you were wrong. You know, this has been terrible from the get go, and I think everybody knows it. Yeah, man. Like. I- I've gone off totally off center. Like we've talked about Gwen Stefani being God. It sounds like I've been on worse than just beer. Like it sounds like maybe yeah. I, maybe I, I went for hallucinogenics after all this. I think you I think you misinterpreted. Like you thought it was like a, oh good luck, but really it was like good luck. Yeah, you're f- like you're fucking drunk, man. Yeah, like, yeah, you're fucking faded, dude. You old. Why did I marry you? Yeah, and then she started packing, and you're like, why, why? And these are blasting chairs in the system. You called me. You asked me for my advice, and I'm saying, stop drinking. Oh, is this an intervention? Bias this is an intervention. Yeah. Guys? Hey, bro. <laughs> these are all your friends. We all have letters. Watch intervention. That's a tough show to watch, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Like, and I kind of feel bad for the guy that, like, because, like, some people want to stop drinking. Some people just want to drink, and that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. More power to you. Just kill yourself. But it's like, fine. Do you like Trevor Noah? I do like Trevor Noah. Like, we were watching Trevor Noah last night, and he was saying, like, in Scotland, and I hope no one's offended by this, but, like, in other countries, you drink to enjoy it. Like, you drink to have a few beers, like, in we drink to, like, kill ourselves. So, yes. like, the the life expectancy in Glasgow is not great. 
All due to alcohol. Yeah. Have you ever had breakfast? Have you ever had what? Breakfast? Breakfast? Yeah, I eat it most mornings. No, no. <laughs> I gotcha. You did. Um, what is it? You've never had breakfast? It's a tonic wine. Like, Mm-mm. it's like a red wine. It's made by like monks down south. And it's fucking. It's like, I think it's like 500% of like your daily ca- uh, caffeine intake. And alcohol, like it's called like um oh they they give it so many crazy names um like wreck wreck the hoose juice for example wreck the hoose juice yeah like wreck the house juice yeah um and like it it's it's a pretty true name from what I've been I, I had it once I had it I had it like that shit no way and I had yeah. I had it once with uh with Coca Cola and Sailor Jerry's mm. at this place called mm-hmm. the Flying Duck which is like a place where I run a film night and I watched I watched Old Boy like that was the first night and it was like it, like the Buckfast started kicking in like at the moment he's cutting his tongue off I saw that scene oh, for the first time so bad like brutal I was like buzzing out of my tits like I was absolutely <laughs> buzzing and I was just like oh this is so fucking wrong like I'm never doing this again and I just couldn't yeah. sleep I just couldn't sleep so oh. essentially what I'm saying is if you come back to Glasgow, don't. Don't touch Buckfast. Maybe everyone that disagrees about Buckfast. It's a thing. Like You should research well, it. They feel the same way about Iredrew, and it's not that great. Oh, my God. Don't blaspheme. Jeez. Come on. <laughs> like... I know. I know. It's good. I, I, I can actually get it at the grocery store next to my house. We, they have it. Have we uh, exported? You've exported. It doesn't, like... It doesn't come in like droves, but it's a couple of bottles. That's great. We have like the headquarters. Here. I know. You, the only country in the world where Coke is not yeah, the number room. one soft drink. Well, we have like big vans, like the people who this old bar, and we have like big vans. They and they drive around town, and like they drop the iron brew off. But at the front of the van, it says "Let the brew through." It's great. Like I, well, I, see, I'm in Atlanta, and so we're it's a Coca. It's all Coca Cola. Everything's Coca Cola. Yeah. So we're our little Coke, uh, Coke is great. Don't get me wrong, but like it ain't it ain't no iron brew. But you know, you have to have iron brew in a glass bottle, and I know people will agree with me on that. Never had it in a glass bottle. Then that's there is the problem. I haven't lived. I haven't lived. You haven't lived at all. When was the last time you were in Glasgow? The last time you played? Uh-huh. Yeah, last time I saw you. From what I remember, you don't remember. From what you remember, yeah, this could be a figment of your wonderful brain. <laughs> I, I, uh, to me, we had a conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> from what, I, but I still can't remember the band that supported you. Fuck, I, I'll remember that. It'll, at some point, that will come back to me. Um, okay. So yes, moving on from simple math, you went and did hope slash cope. Um, yes. And again, that was like a big time frame between it. And it kind of, I, I can't remember the time scale between it, but there was kind of a, a big gap up being released and, it released. and then it felt like you left not long afterwards. I think it was quite a while afterwards, right? But did you. Yeah, I left about a year or two after. Was it September oh. you left? Uh, that sounds about right. August, September? Yeah. So, Maybe. did you feel like when you'd done that album like you needed to go and do new stuff or did you feel like you couldn't take it personally yourself any further or did you do something different 
Um, I went to North Carolina with the band to the record that they're working on right now. Yeah. We wrote it and I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I didn't want to make that record. I didn't really want to be there anymore. And so, and there's a lot of issues, like personal shit in there, <clears throat> uh, especially when you, I've been friends with Take Four Rhythm and you know, that, that, there's a lot of complications that come with a friendship for that long and that old. And of course, yeah. I was just kind of like, you know what? I don't think I see myself here anymore. So I'm just going to go. Do you think that saved friendships, Duna? If you don't mind me asking a really straightforward question, do you think that almost saved relationships? Because I know people who've been in bands with people doing it, but they sometimes think if, if I don't leave it, if I don't move away from it, you know, I may lose these people as people in my life because of the way I feel. Like in a band. Um, well, on one hand, it saved probably saved my marriage um, to get out of that band. But the relationship, uh, to be completely frank, we haven't spoken since September. Oh shit. Um, so yeah, those and it's I don't I don't really, but, I've been thinking about this all week in preparation. By the way, I've been trying to like figure yeah, out how I wanted to say this, I, which I came up with really nothing, <laughs> but. That I don't really mourn the death of those friendships. I think it sucks, but it's kind of like, what are you gonna do? Um, but things come back around. Like, yeah, like I will care about this. But I was in a band, and I had a guy that was my best friend, and we fell out, and I left, and then we made friends, and that was really cool. But we we didn't fall out again. We just realized that we were comfortable with each other, but we weren't what we were anymore and it kind of went the other way and we, we speak but it's like a simple thing but it, things work out things die and out eventually it's still pretty fresh so yeah exactly I mean, it's eight months in ish yeah yeah um yeah it's it's a very uh it's a very odd experience to be in that band and it's not like uh oh we're in a band together we're having fun we're running a business we're doing all these different things it's a sort of added oddness to it that it's hard to explain um but i I left that band like i was uh like a battered wife running away from her like abusive husband i grabbed everything i could find that was mine and i purchased like bolted um so it's like yeah it's it's weird it's like it's you could never see that from the outside and you never know you never know as a fan you know you shouldn't give a fuck either you shouldn't care like because human beings are human beings and it doesn't matter what they are as human beings yes it's nice to have a story behind it like that's why i'm doing this but at the same time essentially it's what you create is is the best thing and you can never really take that change so at the same time there's still something there where you can always come back to it as people i think um i'm sounding like a counselor now like maybe maybe i was in the wrong fucking maybe i'm doing the wrong thing man what do you mean? Maybe I should be a counselor. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I, I have one, and you sound just like him. Are you, are you at the, like in a computer chair or a couch? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I'm in <laughs> a director's chair, to oh, be honest. Oh, where, did you, where did you get the director's <laughs> chair from? I found, I like, here's a little secret about me. I like thrift antique shops, and I found these two beautiful director's chairs navy blue with this like walnut wood on it in like mint mint condition 
um, for 40 bucks. So I bought them and they, I travel around the house in it. Like I just pick it up. It's kind of been taking it wherever I've been going. Kinda. But my feet are in the computer chair. kind of so. wish I knew that beforehand because it would make the interview so much fucking cooler in my head. Like right now, ah. you're in a director's chair wearing Dr. Martens. Like, <laughs> mind blown. With all that pipe. <laughs> yeah, that you purchased from the antique store. Um, exactly. Yeah. So to finish up, like, what's for you personally, musically anyway, and or creatively in any way, shapes, as a form? Yeah. Um, well, I started my own company, my design company. I've been doing all the um, all the merchandise and all the like the logos and stuff for not not so much logos, I guess, but like all the art for Manchester opened up when I took cover. I artwork i'd done some drawings for oh, that oh really and i didn't know that actually i didn't know yeah i drew that hope cover and all the artwork for that um and hope artwork was a collaboration between myself and uh our friend jordan noel um and so i started my own company doing that and i do album art for some random bands and some screen printing um and random shit like that pretty much anything i'm like decently good at anything artistically i get out so i just kind of started figuring shit out like that um yeah i do some wood carving kind of like i try with stamp um i learned how to do that um like a postage but like so, a postage stamp <laughs> no like uh like you carve out a stamp and like you rub ink on it and then you like put it on a piece of paper oh i was going back to like the when you said you were re- like research stuff about the queen and you'd start making like postage stamps <laughs> And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, fuck, this guy's really... In- How do I-, I think that's illegal as well. Like, you can't just, like, make a stamp. You can- if you didn't post it, you can make a stamp. Like, yeah, okay. It's like you can draw, like, a five-pound note. <laughs> You're giving yourself away now. Yeah, well, you know, I wouldn't use five-pound notes personally because this is going to sound really hipster, but, like, do you know they have, like, our five pounds have, like, animal fats in it? <laughs> no, I didn't know Yeah, that. it's like it's a new five-pound and, like... It was really weird. I went, because cause I'm vegan, right? I, I'm an hour and 45 minutes to tell you I'm that, so is, proud. That's I'm a, very that's a proud. fucking millennia vegan in, world. In vegan world, that's like, it's like cat years. Like, I'm, it took me like 30 years to tell you effectively. Um, mm. But we went to VegFest. And, uh, mm. well, like, now I feel bad about the steak. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no fuck it. Uh, no, it's okay. Right. Like, what am I going to say? Like, oh, no, I actually know that we need to stop now. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> you're, you're a different person to me. Um, it's not like you're, like, hitting me in the face with it. <laughs> That's true. I did just Which mail it to you with a homemade stamp. It's like an... <laughs> <laughs> Which is, like, another great visual. Um, <laughs> so, are you going to do anything musically, or do you think you're, at the moment, done with it? Um... I've been writing. I've been demoing some stuff. Cool. I'm kind of just going to try and I don't know, Sandra for a minute. Yeah. Just because I, you know, I don't, I don't want to be. And I'm not going to like name names by like other people in the music industry who have like gone on. It just sort of sounds like the band they were what they wanted to do in the band that they were in and weren't yeah. allowed to do. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to like stretch that a little bit further and go in some weirder directions and hopefully collaborate with some people, some friends, and I've made a lot of friends, and I've got as nice as I can, so I think that's gotten some doors open for me, and there's been a few conversations, and I, I'd i love to just have fun with it. I, I've had a few solo projects before, nothing at least, but it's always been about excess and fun, and like, 
self-indulgence really in the studio. Yeah. So I'm going to try and do, I'd like to have a solo record released in a year or two just for my own, like yeah. I love music and I love making music and I didn't walk away from Manchester to stop making music. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see like what's possible. Yeah. Um, same. I, I'd like to see it, man. Like I, I would like to see anyone from the band like that as that, like Jay, Jeremiah, like I, I'd love to done because like, although this has been very light hearted as a podcast, generally I think, you know, Manchester were a band and, and what those first or three, even the fourth album, although the fourth album was married and that, it, like lyrically it shaped what I did creatively. So individually I'd like to see it as well. So yeah, I'd like you to do something and I don't think I'm the only one, man, on a, on a serious note. No, thank you. No, of course it's fine. Like, um, I feel like I've just like fucking joked, and, and it just hit me that I've just been taking the piss out of myself for like <laughs> an hour and a half. But no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But no, you're good. You're good. Okay, we will. Um, yeah. So, one thing I always ask everyone before I end the podcast is just two songs that you have had a creative part in or have contributed to that you would recommend someone to listen to you would showcase something you've done across the um well i'll start with the most proud thing i've ever done which was a fake british accent yelling by the beginning of virgin (laughs) (laughs) that intro to virgin i can't believe that i got that on a record and i'm just so proud that it made it um because i was just spouting bullshit in the studio uh very late at night very intoxicated um, on the floor so i'm very proud of that and I recommend anybody listen to that, especially in the UK. Yeah, great tune. Just for that alone. Um, <laughs> and then what else? Something else I've done. Well, I guess that... I guess the intro of... Um... <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I can't remember the name of the song. This is terrible. What album? Um, I don't even know. Mean Everything, I guess? What's the first song? I mean, Only One. Oh, the Only One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um... That that far fees a bend. Um, oh. That sort of like that. That that was a, uh, like a 1971 far fees the slope slalom on it, and that, I just loved. That was one of those things that Blackbird they had sitting around in the studio that they were kind of like, you know, you can just kind of ask for something ridiculous, and they have it. And that was one of those things they had. I was like, do you have any far fees? Like, yeah, we have four of them. Which one do you want? And they brought that one out. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. Um, I'd say those two. Those are the moments. Um, they are solid choices. I, I, I like the only one. The only one is a tune. Like, that's that. Yeah. If not my, my, I'm an adult. But mm. not quite an adult. Still kind of a childhood. So, yeah, good choices, man. But generally, <laughs> genuinely, really fucking enjoyed the chat, man. Like, actually. Yeah. I hope you did. Did you have fun? I did. I had a great time. Um, I don't do many of these anymore just because not being in Manchester doesn't really allow for a lot of interviews. But I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for you reaching out. and uh, I had a great time, even if you were trashed the entire conversation. <laughs> and extreme racist. I, I understand. Different culture. Um, fuck you, man. But, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. I had a great time. Yeah. Thanks for having Good. me. I really appreciate it. No, it's absolutely fine. So yeah, that's uh, us back, um, season two, episode one completely done. Really hope you enjoyed it. Don't want to bang on too much, but it's nice to be back. Uh, it's nice to do the podcast again, and it's it's nice actually doing 
the podcast I did with Chris in March this far in the future because we've actually became really good friends since then. Uh, we still chat on a regular basis and kind of feels nice to get it out there. It's probably one of my favorite podcasts that I've done. Found it actually quite funny, um, if I do say so myself, especially listening back. Um, pleased we actually spoke a little bit about Lincoln Park in there, obviously. Um, since then, uh, obviously things have happened with that band and... Um, that's a great, great shame. But um, I'm, I'm pleased we mentioned how much, you know, I loved that album at that point and, and spoke about numerous other things as well. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it, most importantly. And I'm going to leave you with a song, as I always do. It's a song that we spoke about on the podcast and a song um, by another of our, uh, shall we say, mutual friends, um, the band Color Revolt. Um, the song is called Blood in Your Mouth, one of my favorite songs of all time, and I hope you tune back in whenever I decide to do episode two, which I imagine will probably be soon. Cool. Thanks.
Now there's blood in our mouth. 